Peckle Park, a new beginning. Let's go. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Knocking them down. Baby says she wanna go to the game. To the game. Taught her how to say Padre gang. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Knocking them down. Mitchell and Ness with the old school name. All of the homies holler Padre gang. Yeah, that. Good day, everybody. Welcome to episode 226 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. I'm your host, Ben Fadden. The Padres have just lost another series to the Dodgers. This one was at Dodger Stadium again. Uh, very frustrating. Could have won the series, maybe. Um, didn't have a chance to win yesterday's game. Cut it within a one run today, and then the umpire just totally screwed us. Um and then after that, the wheels fell off. Adrian Morahone didn't pitch good. Um, and it was good that they won on Friday night, right? They finished 6-3 and three on the road trip. I said going into this series that I was going to be fine with the Padres winning one game in this series, and they won one game. So I'm fine with the series. I like that they battled back to get it to 5-4. Um, and I'm already seeing in the chat that bad call by the home plate umpire at you know, that really stopped the momentum. I know Morahone didn't pitch well. Um, and by the way, Carl Ravage doesn't know how to pronounce the guy's name. I know he didn't pitch well. But that did knock a lot of air, it felt like, out of the Padres there. Uh, I'm not saying they would have won if that call would have changed. Again, Morahone didn't pitch well. But that was, it was, that was a big uh, gut punch, you know. That, that sucked. Um, and then this listening to the broadcast tonight, holy cow. Do they want to ride the Dodgers anymore? We'll get to that. Um, definitely get to Shamanaya and his start yesterday. Talk about Friday's game. We'll start with today's game first. Um, but before we get started, this episode is brought to you by Gaglione Bros, famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries. Gaglionebros.com is their website. They're located on Friars Road. They're also inside Petco Park um, and inside Snapdragon Stadium. Hopefully the next time fans go into Snapdragon Stadium, it's not going to be 100 degrees out. Uh, I wasn't there, but that looked like hell. Um, and uh, Petco Park, hopefully it's going to be better tomorrow. Um, I don't know what the weather is going to look like, if it's going to be hot again. But I'm going tomorrow. Hopefully it's looking better. Um, Starting off with today, Padres lost this one 9-4. It was 5-4 at one point. The Padres were also down pretty big. Uh, I think 5-1 at one point in this game, too. So, yeah, you got to give them credit for, I hate to use the B word, but battling back. That's what happened. They did battle back. A couple doubles off Evan Phillips. But then you had, you know, Trent Grisham up. Let me get to this situation. I want to make sure I get this situation right. Just an absolute horse-esque call. Um, first and second. Seventh inning. Padres just scored a couple runs. Crony just drove in Profar. First and second. 5-4 game. 1-2 pitch. And it was a cutter 92 miles an hour. It was like a foot inside. It was not close, and it's called strike three, and Bomel, Grisham, they're pissed off, as they should be, and from there, things went totally downhill from there. Uh, it was just terrible. Um, after that call, 
Justin Turner doubled uh, off of Morahone, drove in Will Smith, made it 6-4 Dodgers. Remember, it was 5-4 when that call happened. R- tying run in scoring position. Go-ahead run was at first base and took the bat right out of Trent Grisham's hands. I know he's not Juan Soto or Manny Machado. He's not one of the Padres' best hitters, but he does have, what, 16 home runs this year? He can do it. Um, and I don't care if Matt Beatty was hitting. By the way, he didn't look great today either. Can't catch a pop-up. Um, and he was trying to bunt for some reason. But, I mean, it doesn't matter who's up at the plate. You can't make that call. That call just is absolute trash. I mean, they really, really, really need to get these robot umps in here. I don't know when that's going to happen. But even if it was to the Dodgers, like, it's going to, you know, if that call was the Dodgers, we're sitting here saying that was a really, really bad call. Um, and that deflated the Dodgers, right? If it was, you know, the other way around. But it wasn't. And we're going to be even more pissed off, right? Um, because it was a one-run game at that point. You don't know what Grisham was going to do. Maybe he was going to get out. He probably was going to get out. But he should have had the chance. He shouldn't have had the bat taken out of his hands because of a crap call by the umpire. Um, and then Mike Clevenger today, he pitched pretty well the first way through the lineup. Uh, then the Dodgers scored five runs off of him in the fourth inning. You had the Will Smith home run. And then, uh, by the way, the one to, well, who was it, Chris Taylor? Or was it, um, yeah, Chris Taylor. Hit by pitch. He wasn't hit. It hit him, it hit his barrel, or excuse not the barrel, it hit the knob of his bat. And he goes to first base, that loads the bases, and then Clevenger walks Bellinger to bring in Justin Turner. That's another run. And I'm, I don't know if, Clev would have gotten Chris Taylor out or he would have walked Chris Taylor. But that's another horse crap call by, I don't know if that's a word, but that's another bad call by the umpire. Like, it's a 92-mile-an-hour fastball. I think that's what it was. Hits off the knob. You're telling me that the ball explodes off a guy when it hits him? No. It only exploded after it made contact because it hit the knob of the bat. Like, the direction that the ball went off of it i mean come on like it's obvious that that hit the knob that's not a hit by pitch goes to first walk there's a run right there and so that yeah maybe justin turner ends up scoring but he shouldn't have scored there on a on a bases loaded walk because the bases shouldn't have been loaded at that point they should have been loaded maybe they should have been loaded if if taylor got on or if he did work a walk but he shouldn't have gotten on in that situation, you know? Um, so there was the walk there, and then Mookie Betts had the sack fly to center, scored Joey Gallo, made it 3-1. Trey Turner doubled off of uh, Luis Garcia, made it 5-1. Taylor and Bellinger scored, so that knob of the bat, um, that hit by pitch, technically, Chris Taylor got the first, he ends up scoring. So it affected the Padres in multiple ways in that inning. Um, and so it's like, yeah, the Padres, they had a chance to win this series and win this game today. Part of it was Clevenger. Um, it wasn't all on the umpires. But you could definitely point to a couple calls, a couple 
situations where it was like, all right, the umpire's calls went to the Dodgers' favor, and guess what happened? It went downhill after those calls, you know? Disappointing. Um, I'm fine with the series. Like, the Padres, they made progress, I guess, right? They got swept the last time against the Dodgers. They won one game on Friday, this series. Smashed the Dodgers, by the way, on Friday. They finished this road trip 6-3. and three, Get to come home to face the Diamondbacks, uh, who helped us out beating the Brewers. So, I guess they're playing pretty well. And we're going to be facing some top prospect pitcher that they're throwing out there tomorrow. Um, but we don't have to pitch Shamanaya in this next series against the Diamondbacks. So, obviously, we're expecting... I'm expecting the Padres to win this series against the Diamondbacks because they're a better team. Um, but yeah, just a really, really disappointing outcome from today. I- I'm fine with losing to the Dodgers today, but it was—I guess it was just the way that it happened. You know, it's not so much on the Padres; it's just the the way that things down spiraled, if that makes sense. You know, the way things spiraled out of control after a couple. Bad calls, I thought. Especially that strike three call to Grisham. Absolutely terrible. An absolute crap call. Um, by the way, the ESPN announcers, huh? Boy, do they love the Dodgers. They were riding them the entire game. Holy cow. It's like they work for the Dodgers. I mean, I have multiple situations here that I wrote down where this ESPN broadcast it doesn't make sense. I mean, I know that LSU Florida state game that was going on that I didn't watch. Obviously, I guess it was wild right when the final out was made. Oh, and uh, Florida state won. It's like, you're not calling the college football game, Carl Ravage, you know? And then he says, Oh, Eduardo Perez is watching the Florida state game right now. And it's like, How about you do your job? You're not supposed to be watching that. You're not a fan on the couch. You know, look at the game. It's like they weren't looking at the game. There was one point where Carl Ravage said, oh, it's a double play ball when there were two outs in the inning. And it's like, are you watching the game? Obviously, you're not. You're not watching the game. It was just um, annoying. Uh, we're spoiled with Don and Mud. I'll just put it that way. Um, there was one point where they were talking about the Dodgers getting back to their old school way or something, where they're not really looking at the iPads. They're on the top rail talking to each other, you know, about what the pitchers throw and all that. And then they show a, a shot in the dugout. It's Max Muncy looking at the iPad. It's Mookie Betts looking at the iPad, you know, like just stupid. Um, When Will Smith Homer, (coughs) excuse me, holy cow. When uh, Will Smith homered, Carl Ravage acted like the Dodgers like won the World Series. It's like, dude, you're supposed to be down the middle here, dude. We get it. I think you like the Dodgers, but you're supposed to be down the middle and that's not what happened. Um, when they were like bashing Juan Soto, that's another point. They were like bashing Soto for walking too much or something. They were like, walks are good, but he's got to be better at other parts of his game. And then later Soto robs Mookie of a home run. 
gets two hits in the game, so it made them look stupid. Um, I mean, and then later in the game, they're like praising the Dodgers plate discipline, but then you're like almost bashing Soto for walking too much or saying that walks are good, but it's like, they're just so annoying. Um, they were talking with Andrew Friedman, the Dodgers GM and Luis Garcia had like two strikeouts in the inning. One of them was on a nasty, I think changeup or two seam, whatever it was, two seamer maybe. And they didn't talk about it at all. They didn't, Ravage didn't even say, uh, Garcia strikes out, da-da-da-da-da, let's get back to Andrew Friedman. No, they didn't even mention it. Instead, they're talking about Andrew Friedman playing pickleball, and they're talking about the Dodgers Fantasy Football League last year. Nobody cares. Just let me put that out there. I don't think people care about Andrew Friedman playing pickleball. I don't think they care about who won the Dodgers Fantasy Football League last year. It's just mind-boggling how much they rode the Dodgers. I mean, we get it. The Dodgers are good, but there's another team playing in this game, too. Jeez. Um, yeah, I think I covered the ESPN broadcast. If I missed anything, let me know. Uh, but that was, that was annoying. I'm glad that we don't get very many national TV games. And hopefully we don't have another Sunday night baseball game this year. I thought they were going to do Padres-Dodgers next weekend when it was at Petco, but instead they're deciding to do the Giants and the Cubs, two non-playoff teams. They probably can't do Padres-Dodgers back-to-back weeks. Um, they could have gone like Yankees-Rays this week and then Padres-Dodgers next week. I, I don't want them calling the game anyway, but I, I thought that was kind of weird. I know NFL starting next weekend, so they know they're going to lose, but... I think Padres-Dodgers would have been a better selection next week than Cubs-Giants. I think that's what they're doing next week. It was a snooze fest. Holy cow. Okay, so I'll go through the chat here. And then we'll get to Saturday's game, which was even worse than today. Not commentating-wise, obviously, but just the play. Uh, yeah, I wasn't going to say this, but Jordan said it for me. You can just look at the comment that I just popped up on the screen. On the screen, Yeah, the ESPN broadcast be LAD writers. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Anthony, I'm going to the game tomorrow. Yep, Padres Diamondbacks. I think it's at 340. Labor Day, weird timing, but that's when they're doing it. Hawkeye Digger, I think you're speaking for all of us. Why is Beatty on this team? Sorry, but I just can't stand that guy. Yeah. Uh, so Myers exited the game early today. He was at first base. And I guess it was because of neck tightness or something. And so Beatty comes in to play first because Drury's not playing, remember, because of the concussion, maybe. We don't know if he has one, but that's what they're probably waiting to see on. He's not in, so Beatty's at first. Drops a, a pop-up in shallow right field. It was foul, but he still dropped it. 
Tries to bunt in one of the at-bats. Don't think he's ever bunted before. Grounds out weakly to the pitcher. Not a great performance. I saw his, they showed his OPS plus, so you know how league average is 100? His OPS plus is four this year, and it's probably down from that now. Four. I was like, is this a typo? No, four. I know he does, hasn't had a ton of at-bats, but no, he's not been good for the Padres at all. I don't even remember one good Matt Beatty moment this year. <coughs> like, did he make a good catch some at some point? I, I don't even remember any Matt Beatty moments. Maybe he was... Was he on the team when they were doing the ping pong stuff, the beer pong celebration in the clubhouse when the UFC fighter was here? Oh, that's nice of you, Anthony. Not going Tuesday. Want my two tickets. Uh, DM me, at Talking Friars. On Twitter. All right, let's get to Saturday's game. Padres lost 12-1. to Shamanai is the story, obviously, coming out of this game. Uh, he struggled against the Royals last Sunday. He sucked yesterday. And he was... I, I liked his honesty after the game, but it's also like, what, you're going to lie and say, no, I, I think things are going well. Just got to keep grinding. No, he, he sucked so far this season. Uh, or not this season. Um, he sucked recently. He, he's been pretty good uh, in, in terms of like quality starts this season. Just these last few starts, it's been really, really hard to watch. Um, Kansas City, he was throwing meatballs. And then yesterday, was throwing some more meatballs, missing location. Um, gave up the, the home run early to Trey Turner, the double to Will Smith, which was, let me see this pitch location. Yeah. Middle in, down the left field line, the Mookie Betts home run, mislocation. Camposano, by the way, was setting up like middle of the plate there for some reason, and it ended up being middle in. Mookie Betts hit it over the left, left center field wall. To Justin Turner, home run in the fifth, made it 8 nothing Dodgers. Camposano won it up and in, and the ball was middle away, and Turner took it oppo. Manny did homer in this game. That was a good part of it, uh, one good part of this game. Um, and then Reese Kinnear came up and pretty much finished it. Will Myers pitched yesterday. He hasn't given up a run since April 12th. So maybe he should be starting games. Don said, jokingly said that on the broadcast. I love Myers taking one for the team, uh, being a team player. He went, he he went, he was starting and left. Made a good running catch there, by the way, at one point. Then he moved to third to get Manny off of his feet because the game was a blowout. Then he went and pitched so that no one else in the bullpen had to pitch in that eighth inning in the bottom of the eighth. Um, so. Talk, he's he's being a team player. Um, probably his last season with the Padres, but I love that guy. Uh, with Shamanaya, I mean, four and a third innings, eight runs, one walk. Uh, struck out four, three home runs. His ERA is now 527. And I guess it would be one thing if this was, you know, July and he was doing this, right? And, oh, you know, you got you got months and months and months to work on it. That's not the case here. You're in September. You got 
a month before the season ends and you're trying to get into the postseason. I know the Brewers and the Phillies, they didn't win a whole lot this weekend, right? And that's good for the Padres. The Padres still have now that, was it, uh, four-game lead on the Brewers? Yeah, technically, they have a four-game lead on the Brewers for the final wildcard spot. Half-game lead on the Phillies for the second wildcard. So the Padres, I think, are in a good spot right now. But they're in a good spot right now. That doesn't mean they're going to be in a good spot in a few weeks from now, you know? So I, I don't think it's worth it for the Padres to, um, you know, continue to give guys an extra day of rest at the expense of losing when Shamanaya goes out and pitches. You know, you feel like you're going to lose. I didn't go into yesterday's game thinking they were going to win. You know, I thought they could win Friday. They did. I thought they could win today. They were close at one point. It was a one-run game at one point. Uh, they didn't get the job done. But at least Friday and today, I thought they had a chance to win. Saturday, you don't feel like they have a chance to win, you know? Um, and obviously, Bomel, he wasn't going to commit after the game, right, that he's going to take Shamanaya out of the rotation. And I don't think that's the right decision anyway to make that decision right then and there. I think they should take him out of the rotation, though, right now and skip his starts for the next couple of weeks. Because um, look at this schedule. So Kevin Acey put this out in his newsletter, and I, th I thought this was really good. Today, Clevenger pitched. You can have Snell pitch tomorrow, then Musgrove, Darvish finish out the Arizona series, then you have an off day. So that off day, you can skip Anaya right there. Starters get an extra day of rest. No game is played. And you can go Clevenger against the Dodgers next Friday. You can go Snell. And you skip. You just skipped uh, Manaya after Darvish. So Manaya would have pitched when that off day came on the 8th. But you just take him out. Don't have to pitch him. You go Clev against the Dodgers on Friday. Snell against the Dodgers Saturday. Musgrove Sunday against the Dodgers. You have another off day. Boom. There goes Manaya's start day. You know? I know he wouldn't have started there. Darvish would have if there was a game. But you don't have to start Manaya. Have Darvish pitch the 13th at Seattle, then Clevenger at Seattle, and then you go right to Snell when they head to Arizona. Musgrove the 16th against Arizona, and then it looks like they'd have to pitch Manaya on the 17th at Arizona in the I believe the series finale there. That's almost two weeks. That's pretty much two weeks that you could go without having to pitch Shamanaya. That sounds pretty good to me. That's two starts that you don't have to have him pitch. At least as you know, in a starting role. Maybe you throw him an inning or two somewhere, but uh it gives him two weeks to work on his stuff. I don't think Bob Melvin's gonna give up on him. But right now, the Padres have a better chance to win games with Shamanaya not pitching. And I'm not saying that they have a better chance with like Reese Kinnear pitching starting games over Manaya. They have a better chance of winning games with Manaya's start, his place in the rotation just being skipped because of the off days. Just skip them. And you can go with Snell, Clevenger, Musgrove, and Darvish. I'd rather have that. And Manaya, I'm I can applaud him for standing up and owning it. You know, he said at this point, this was after the game. At this point, whatever I can do to help the team. 
If that's not pitching, then sure. I think he's helping the team by not pitching right now. Um, gave up eight runs yesterday. And then on Sunday, he gave up, I think, six runs. Yeah, 14 runs in his last two starts. And one of those starts was against the Royals. It's not like both of them were against the Dodgers or the Mets and the Dodgers. The Royals were one of these starts. Ten hits on Sunday uh, against Kansas City. And then he gave up nine hits against the Dodgers. Nineteen hits, ten run, or nineteen hits, fourteen runs in his last two starts with the Padres. That's not good enough. It'll be one thing if they were the Dodgers and they had this huge lead, you know, on the division or on a playoff spot. But they don't have that right now. It's not like you have a week left in the season and you have a four-game lead on Milwaukee and you feel okay about your lead, you know? Even then, you probably don't do it. You probably don't start him, you know? But, man, it's, it is a pain to watch Sean pitch. He also said, I don't know, every time I go out there, it's just bad outing after bad outing. Yeah. I mean, I know why, because you're not hitting your spots. You're leaving pitches over the middle of the plate. Fast, you want fastballs up and in, you, you leave them um, middle of the plate or middle away, and guys can just take that oppo, stuff like that. That's why. Um, and the 95-mile-an-hour fastball, that's like nothing to hitters nowadays. They're used to having Luis Garcia go out there and throw 100, you know? That's not anything to hitters now. And I was sitting like 12 rows behind home plate a few starts ago when he pitched well, I thought, against the Nationals. Gave up that one home run, the one run to Nelson uh, uh, on the Nelson Cruz home run. But he looked better there. Why? Because he was hitting his spots. He doesn't blow you away with velocity. He never has. But he was hitting his spots there. He was pitching to contact that wasn't hit over the fence. You know? It was some grounders, some weak pop-ups. That's not what's happening right now. It's, it's like batting practice right now. And he knows it. Bob Melvin knows it. Reporters know it. We all know it. So I think it would be better to skip him right now. If you don't think so, please let me know. Um, I'd love to see someone have that argument. But, yeah, Saturday sucked. 11-run loss. It sucked because you came off of that amazing Friday win, right? It's like, okay, we got a blowout win here. Let's get greedy and win this series. And then you get kicked in the nuts. Um, and then today I thought they had a chance too. And then obviously the umpires didn't help that. Um, and the team ultimately, the offense ultimately didn't come through, uh, and Morahone didn't pitch well. And so you move on, go to the Diamondback series, but it was disappointing that they weren't able to win this series, especially after winning the first game, which we'll get to here in a minute. It also sucked on Saturday because of San Diego state earlier in the day, you know, getting embarrassed by Arizona, a team that won one game last year. They have like 50 new players this year, and they come into Snapdragon in 100-degree weather and embarrass the Aztecs. That's, that, that's also what made it suck. Like, great sanding of sports day, huh? National television, the big CBS crew is there, and you have wide receivers dropping balls, turning into picks, have offensive linemen holding guys, turn into uh, non-touchdowns, right? Uh, 
seven of the 20 points you score are thanks to the other team's punter kicking the ball right into his opponent's butt or right into his teammate's butt in the end zone. Like that was frustrating. Uh, that, that whole day on Saturday was frustrating. Um, so that's what made it suck a little bit more. Um, but moving to Friday's game, uh, unless anyone else has any comments about Saturday, let me check here. Oh, shoot, I got a super chat. My bad. Thank you, Alex. Love the hat. Yeah, this is, uh, my mom got me this 2016 All-Star Game hat. I think we got it at the Fan Fest the convent during, uh, at the uh, convention center. JD's third. I appreciate the super chat. Anyone else here? Live, replay, podcast. If you want to uh, support the channel, you can use the Super Chat button on YouTube or the Super Thanks button on regular videos. JD's third is usually in the chat a lot here. I appreciate that. Uh, I don't agree with him a lot of the time, including this one here, um, but I appreciate it. The Padre, he says, the Padres should demote Preller to head scout and steal Friedman from the Dodgers. Only way we will win... Sad but true, Dodgers will knock us out of the playoffs. Well, the Dodgers are the better team. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't think the expectation, at least the way the team's playing right now, uh, I think that the expectation against the Dodgers that they do meet in the postseason, that's not a guarantee, but if they do meet, it should be to, let's say it's best of five, is to win a game, maybe a couple games, and keep, the games in the series close even if they lose the series. I think that should be the expectation because you don't have to throw Shamanai. You get your best starters that you throw, you know. Um, and you're going to throw your best relievers regardless of what the score is probably because it's the postseason. Uh, but in terms of your comment about the Padres should demote Preller to head scout, he's already the head scout, one, because he's the GM, right? Um, not his official title, but He's the head scout. Like, scouting is his thing. Um, so that's not really a, a demotion. And why would Andrew Friedman want to come to the Padres when he's the head guy with the Dodgers and he's regarded as probably the best GM in the game and he has all of this talent on this team. He has the best team in baseball right now. At least that's what I would think. Mets are right there too. Why would he want to leave that to come to the Padres. And you can say money, I'm pretty sure he's getting paid pretty well with the Dodgers. So that's that's a fantasy. And I believe in AJ. Like, again, this conversation shouldn't be about AJ Preller right now. It should be about the, the guys on the field. Guys not performing good enough on the field. Like, he did his job at the trade deadline. We wanted Juan Soto. He went out and got Juan Soto. We wanted more bats. He went out and got more bats. Josh Bell, Brandon Drury, you know? He went and got out the best closer in baseball, Josh Hader. I know that hasn't worked out, but you're telling me at the deadline when you saw that notification pop up on your phone, Padres got Josh Hader, you weren't excited? Of course you were, you know? He made the moves. He brought in Bob Melvin before the, this offseason, brought in Nick Martinez. That's turned out to be a great move. You know, he, he's made a lot of good moves. Um, the guys need to play better. That's what I would say. 
And I'm not saying that they need to play better like they're playing like crap. Like, they had a 6-3 and three road trip. Their offense showed up, you know, uh, for most of the games. But games against the Dodgers, the pitching staff probably need to be better. Uh, overall, Darvish pitched great on Friday. We'll get to that here in a minute. Um, but I think the bullpen needs to be better against the Dodgers overall. I think Shamanaya just shouldn't pitch against the Dodgers, right? Um, and... He liked the offense to score consistently against anyone they face the rest of the year. It's on them. It's not on A.J. Preller anymore for this year. Giancarlo says Cronenworth is worthless. He's a rally killer. Oh, really? So that's why he doubled in Profar to set up Grisham with a one-run, to make it a one-run game today, and the umpire made a crap call. He didn't kill the rally there. He kept it going, actually. I don't get this Cronenworth, like, hate. Yeah, he slumped uh, pretty recently in the season. Everyone has slumped, except maybe Manny. That's baseball. No, Juan Soto just went five games without a hit. It's baseball. He's not worth... Did you see the play he made in the field today? He's one of the Padres' best defenders. This guy's going to be a four-war guy if he's not already this year. He's back-to-back All-Stars. He was great last year. He was really good in 2020 when uh, Hosmer went down with that, like, sickness or whatever it was. Like, he's not worthless. He's actually very worthy. He he helps the team a lot. I, I don't understand people getting on Cronoworth now. Kikos102 said says trade Soto for some legit starters for 2024. Well, you must be a Dodger fan because that's an idiotic take. I'm not even going to elaborate on that. That's just an idiotic take. Hawkeye Digger says, I'm all for skipping Manaya, but they shouldn't be sending Darvish out to pitch well over 100 pitches, being up seven against the bottom of their order. That's fair. Uh, yeah, he finished, I think, with 111 pitches on Friday. But he was pitching well. Like, I think Darvish is fine throwing 111 pitches. He was pitching well. Um, and Bob Melvin, he has faith in his starters. You know, if, if Darvish tells him he's, he feels fine, then he feels fine. And he's going to leave him out there for that inning. I was fine with it. I think JD's third's just trying to troll here, saying Bowmel is seriously overrated. Another old tingler. Stop. They're they're the they're polar opposites. Bowmel has faith in his players. He's a player's manager. The guys were turning on Tingler halfway through the season last year when they were collapsing. All right, that's let's stop. Okay, moving to Friday's game. Padres won this one seven to one. I think this was one of their best games of the season. Um, Manny homering, Drury homering, Profar homering. Love the bat flip, by the way. He launched that thing into the air. Um, and then Darvish obviously pitched phenomenal. Manny's 25th bomb of the year. Hit his 26th yesterday on Saturday. Brandon Drury's home run. By the way, Cronenworth got on base before the Drury home run, so whoever said Cronen worthless, there you go. Um, Profar in the eight, or excuse me, in the six with that home run. Uh, Drury was on base. Grisham was on base. That made it seven nothing. 
you uh, Darvish man. So first off with the offense, it was great to see the offense come through. And Friday night showed that the Padres can hang in there with the Dodgers. It showed that when things are on for the Padres, they can beat the Dodgers. I don't think they're going to be expected to beat the Dodgers if they match up in the postseason. I don't think they should be expected to beat the Dodgers in terms of like national people and expectations and all that. Because the Dodgers are the better team. They have the track record, blah, 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 blah. But if things are clicking, you have a great starting pitcher on the mound and he's on, like you, Darvish, like what would happen in the postseason, right? You don't have Craig Stammen out there like in 2020 because guys are getting hurt. Hopefully, right? That, that that doesn't happen. If you have you Darvish going seven strong innings, walking two guys and striking out nine, giving up just two hits, and you have the offense performing like Friday night, you can beat the Dodgers. Like the Dodgers put out Dustin May. It's not like they put out this nobody. They put out Dustin May, who <coughs> who might be pitching for them in the postseason, like, starting. Because Bueller's gone, right? I think Kershaw's going to come back, so... Or Kershaw is back, so... Who would it be? Would it be Kershaw, Urias, and May? Is Gonson going to come back? I don't know if he's going to come back. Um, so he could be pitching in a postseason game, and the Padres lit him up. So I think Friday, the big thing there for me was it showed what the Padres can be when things are clicking. Things aren't going to click every game. I understand that. But it showed what can be, you know. And uh, I think we got to, that's, that's a bright spot we got to take from this series. Yeah, they lost the series, but they showed what they can be. They showed that they can beat the Dodgers if things are working, you know. Because it's, really, it's real easy to look back at the last series where they got swept. It's like, holy crap. This team owns us. And they probably, you know, they still do own the Padres. What are the Padres? Like three and nine or something this year now? Or three and, is it three and 10? Three and 10, I think, against the Dodgers this season. So the Dodgers do own the Padres so far. Yeah. But when things are on, when Darvish is pitching like this, when you don't have to have Shamanaya out there going up against Julio Arias, just an unfair pitching matchup, the Padres can win. They can beat the Dodgers. They can at least and definitely hang in with the Dodgers, you know? So that that's a very positive thing I took from this series. Um, and it wasn't just the top of the lineup that contributed. You know, Hassan Kim was batting eighth on Friday, went two for four. Uh, Brandon Drury hitting, what was he hitting? Sixth, hit that home run, scored two runs, drove in two. Walked once. Who knows if he's going to get in the lineup tomorrow, by the way. We don't know yet. Um, but a very, very encouraging game from the Padres. And these games are good. Like, there's not a whole lot for me to elaborate on about Friday's game because of how good it was. You know, it's me just saying, great offense, great pitching. Padres won. This is what they could be. There you go. That's the summary of the game, you know. Uh, Steven Wilson shut out inning out of the bullpen in the eighth. Chris Matt came in the ninth, gave up a run. Martinez got up. He didn't pitch in this series. Neither did Josh Hader. So 
I guess that's a good thing going into Diamondback series that those guys are going to be fresh. Um, Robert Suarez is going to be fresh. Most of the guys are going to be fresh going into tomorrow. Um, so I guess that's good. But yeah, it, you know, wrapping up this series, yeah, of course it was disappointing that they couldn't, um, you know, get it done in terms of winning the series, but there were some bright spots and there were some spots where things just got taken out of their hands, you know, and you hope that that doesn't happen when the postseason comes. Or you, that doesn't happen next weekend at Petco, right? And you hope that Shamanaya doesn't pitch next weekend at Petco because then the Padres will have a better chance of winning that series against the Dodgers. Shamanaya is just not giving the Padres a chance to win games with him on the mound right now. And so, like he said to reporters after Saturday night, if you know if it's not pitching, then sure, in terms of him helping the team. He's going to help the team by not pitching right now. I hope that he can find it because when he is hitting his spots, pitching to contact, like good contact, uh, and I mean good contact mean like not being hard hit, he helps the Padres a lot. He saves the bullpen. But right now, He's doing the opposite of that. 14 runs, I think is what I said. Last two starts, 19 hits. It's terrible. Absolutely terrible. JD started with another super chat. I appreciate that again. It says Dodgers have won 19 of 22 games, seven straight series. Yeah. Padres haven't won a season series against the Dodgers since 2010, I think. And they didn't even make the postseason that year. So, yeah, the Dodgers own the Padres right now. I, I understand that, but I, I'm trying to take I'm trying to take some positives. You know, Friday's game, hopefully not pitching Manaya next weekend, having a better rotation then. Uh, hopefully Morahone doesn't pitch as bad as he did tonight next weekend when he does pitch. Hopefully we see Hader and Martinez next weekend because that means that the Padres are in, you know, safe situations. Or you know, or you don't want to see him, and you want to blow out the Dodgers all three games next weekend, right? But I know that's not realistic. So I'm hoping for the best. Um, six and three road trip, Kansas City. One two out of three, swept the Giants, and then lost two out of three here. But again, there were some encouraging things that I saw. So I think that's an encouraging road trip. Um, and the Padres find themselves with the three-game lead, four-game lead technically on the Brewers for the final wildcard spot and a half-game lead on the Phillies, uh, who lost today to the Giants. Wilmer Flores hit a walk-off. They got a half-game up on Philly for the second wildcard. So right now, if the season ended today, Padres would travel to Atlanta in a best-of-three wildcard series with the Braves. And if they won that, then I believe they would play the Mets Oh, no, no, no. They'd play the Dodgers it, uh, because the winner of the cardinals Philly series would then play the Mets because they're expecting the three seed to win. And so it would be two seed versus three seed, one seed versus four seed. And they don't, like, re... Uh, they, don't, they don't, like, reseed. So it's just a bracket. So that's what it looks like right now. Um, the Phillies are, again, behind the Padres in the wildcard standings, yet they have a plus 30 uh, run differential. They, they've, they've scored 30 more runs than they've 
than the Padres. How do I say this? They have a run differential 30 runs better than the Padres. Padres have scored 35 more runs than they've allowed this year. The Phillies have scored 65 more runs than they have allowed this year. Hopefully that makes sense. Um, so the Padres, what that pretty much means is the Padres, they're winning some close games. And so the Padres got a three-game series coming up with the Diamondbacks. Again, tomorrow it's a weird start, 340. Snell against uh, this young prospect, Ryan Nelson. I've never heard of him, but I heard uh, the Diamondbacks broadcast today watching the Diamondbacks-Brewers game before the Padres game that these, this guy's one of their top pitching prospects. Um, Tuesday at 640, Merrill Kelly against Joe Musgrove. And then Wednesday at 5. Forty, it'll be Tommy Henry against you, Darvish. So it's a win for the Padres. They don't have to face Zach Gallon in this series. Zach Gallon has a ridiculous uh, scoreless streak that he's running so far. He shut out the Brewers today. I think it's over like forty innings right now at the moment. So uh, that's good. The Padres don't have to face him. And Milwaukee's going to be in Colorado. And the Giants are going to be, or excuse me, the Phillies. We don't care about the Giants. The Phillies are going to be facing the Marlins. So both team, both of those teams have, you would think, easy opponents. Padres are facing a Diamondbacks team that's actually been playing pretty good as of late. Uh, I'm going to check Twitter to see if there's any updates here. No, I don't see any quotes from the Padres or anything. All right, so I think that's it. Padres lost this series, but it's a winning road trip. I saw some encouraging things. Diamondback series tomorrow. This has been episode 226 of the Talking Ferraris podcast and YouTube show. I'm your host, Ben Fadden. Keep the faith. Padres are in a good spot right now, I think. Um, and I'll see you guys later. Go Padres. Enjoy your Sunday night.